My favorite moment. My own journey. The best day of class. And it was just such an amazing experience. Because we get to know each other. It easy. set me on a path. It really sparked something inside of me. Drive a love for seeing the professor like really all i want to do is become a better me this is the coolest thing ever that i really enjoyed about saint rose hello and good day neighbor hey neighbor i have a question for you uh-huh do you have a favorite special memory of a teacher from either way back or more recently I have a lot of memories of teachers. And the funny thing is, I remember less what they taught me and more that they made me feel like I could do anything. Oh, that's so cool. You know what, and this is what our program is about today. Um, the importance of teachers, you know, the effect teachers have, what it takes to become a teacher and what it takes to continue to be a great teacher. I can't wait. Let's get things started. Let's do it. Welcome, listeners, and thank you for tuning back in to Dear Neighbor. I'm Liz Richards, here with my co-host, Emily Pinkerton. If you've listened to previous episodes, you already know what we're about. We invite faculty, students, and administrators to sit down and have unscripted conversations about teaching, learning, and our college community here at St. Rose. Today, we are talking to Dr. Christina Pfister, Dr. Christy Fragnoli, and Sophie Palchevic about their work in teacher education. That's right. And they'll also be telling us about how St. Rose is supporting future and current teachers through the Build the Teacher Pipeline. But before we kick off that conversation, let's hear from a student who is new to the education program this year and part of the Teacher Pipeline. Uh, Liz, can we cue up my interview with Isaac? Sure can. Hello, my name is Isaac Sievers. I'm a early childhood education major. I'm the class of 2026. I want to be a teacher because of my first job. I was a ski instructor and I still do ski instruct over the weekends, but um, just teaching the kids how to accomplish something and then seeing them accomplish that goal gives you a satisfaction like, yes, I did that. It's very beautiful to watch, and it's um, well worth the investment of time. My favorite class this semester has been education curriculum, and surprisingly, that is the longest class. It goes from 4.30 to 7, but I'm just with great people in that class, and we have, good, we have a lot of fun in that class, and the teacher is really nice. Thanks, Isaac. I am so glad you're enjoying the program and would take time to share your thoughts with us. Here come our neighbors from the Teacher Education Department. Let's give them a warm welcome. I'm Dr. Christina Pfister. I am a professor in the Teacher Education Department here at the College of St. Rose, and I'm also co-chair of the department with my friend, Dr. Christy Fragnoli. And hello, this is Dr. Christy Fragnoli, once again, part of Teacher Education. I've been here for 21 years and co-chair with Dr. Fister. And I'm Sophie Palchevic, and I am an alum of St. Rose. I came here for my undergrad and my graduate program, and now I am the 
coordinator of student teaching, and I adjunct a few of the classes here as well, and a former classroom teacher as well. When I was younger, I probably knew I had a third grade teacher who was um, very prevalent in my life, and she continued to be um, like a resource for me. She was just the kindest, and her relationship that she built with me was important. And that kind of took me into wanting to be a teacher. I also wanted to be a lawyer, but it's too many years of like school. So therefore, I didn't want to be. Didn't didn't your mom say you could argue your way out of anything? I could. But again, I'm arguing my way out of law school because it's eight years. So I didn't want to do that. So when I graduated undergrad history major, I really was struggling on what to do. And I ended up getting a corporate job and it was based on commission. And when I sold my apparatus, so to speak, a tech piece, I would go in and get to train corporate people. And I realized, oh my goodness, I love training people. It was the best part of the job. It wasn't the money. It wasn't the whole sales pitch thing, but training people. And then a light bulb went off going, I'm missing it. I got to go into education. So I went back to school. That's so cool. I like that there was there's a very clear connection to it's like you being able to to like support people and to be able and like seeing that outside of a classroom setting, but you're still teaching. You're still doing the whole teaching part. You know, I never heard that story before. I um, tried every different possible major in college. And then my mom, who had been a teacher before I was born, suggested that maybe I try education. So just to appease her, I'm like, all right, fine, I'll go down and I'll talk to the School of Ed. And I just love talking to them. The faculty were so engaging and people were so nice. And they showed me how I could apply the credits that I had. Um, And so it it worked out. And then after I'd been uh, teaching for a little bit, I was taking master's credits. um, And I ended up working with Dr. Jerry Major at Syracuse University. I actually started talking to him because what I realized I wanted to do was, was what he did, which was teach undergraduate and graduate graduate education courses, because it was just so cool, the different things that he would talk about. And Christy, you know Jerry. Education is a really small circle of people. So Jerry's at Syracuse University, and I was an adjunct or a lecturer there for a year, and Jerry hired me. So, you know, it's amazing all of the connections. And you see that even in public schools. Everyone knows everyone. And and there is it always comes back to St. Rose, especially in the Capital District. It's crazy. That's so interesting. Also, uh, I think that Christina also needs to mention that she taught high school. I did. Just like Jerry, who was a uh, high school teacher before he um, started working at the college level, and then he worked pretty much only with like elementary education. After that, I've actually spent most of my career here working at least half with elementary education. You know, listening to all these answers, well, actually, listening to answers to all the questions, how powerful is a teacher pretty powerful (laughs) yeah i mean i mean if you think about what sophia said in the beginning she's going back to third grade now i mean that was a couple years ago you're not old but you know it was it was a couple years ago (laughs) in third grade and i mean and you still remember that person and that person had a huge influence in your life so teachers are really powerful Yeah. yeah just based on like also the time spent who else spends more like spends time with your own with your children right so they're a big they're a big in the influence that they have because they're like just numerically if we if we look at it right there's like five or six hours give or give or take that this is somebody who is guiding your 
child to, you know, start to think critically and to do all of these things. And that's why I think being a teacher can be so tricky at times because you balance that that line of being that like guide for the students, but they're not your children. So there's so it's you don't want to create a belief for them but you want to be able to create like a safe space for them. So it's it's a difficult position because in a lot of other jobs, like you have your structure, this is your job, these are your projects that you're working on, and you're going to do that. Find that yeah, so and you're also teaching like academic content too mm. while you're doing all of those things. So you're trying to teach them third grade math or you know 11th grade social studies, but also some of those bigger life lessons. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big responsibility. I'm just tired talking about teachers, so I can't even imagine how the te- how, how the teachers feel right now. Like, you know? Yeah, it's I exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's rewarding. It is one of those jobs that every day you walk in and it's something new and something different, and nothing is ever the same. Which is an exciting way to sort of live your life and to be able to have the opportunity to to I think Sophia, you really were were talking about like like these children almost like a they're in the oven baking and they're not done yet but you have an influence on how they turn out so you know you're a huge role model in that it's exciting yeah with all the teacher shortages out there currently the teacher pipeline is a fantastic answer to this teacher need. So the College of St. Rose is offering free housing for undergraduate education majors. You know, that's a huge push to bring teachers into this wonderful career. The second pillar is professional development. Keeping teachers in the teaching profession and giving them help and assistance along the way. The third pillar is allowing for graduate programs, the delivery to be flex and online. We know that life is difficult and there are so many needs out there. We want to be able to deliver a program that you're able to keep a full-time job and yet enter into education at the same time. The fourth one is encouraging graduate students to enter education. So maybe you are a career changer. This is the time to look into graduate studies because the College of St. Rose has grants up to $7,500 per person to assist for that educational um, degree. So through these four pillars, it is the time to at least come chat with us and explore the profession because really it is a fantastic profession to get into. And we have all kinds of different programs right now where you can work with younger kids, you can work with, you know, elementary age, you can work with middle and high school kids, different subjects, different content, uh, special education, a lot of different things that you can do. Um, we also have programs in educational leadership that have been very popular lately. So people who maybe have been a teacher for a while and they're looking to expand their career into leadership and be a school principal so the, um, or, a, you know, a superintendent. So those are, are great opportunities. And um, Christy, I was thinking about, you were talking about some of the professional developments. We just had a professional development panel the other night. They're all on Zoom. Uh, They're free and available for anyone to attend. And our very own Sophia was the moderator um, talking about teaching English as a new language. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Pfister, we had 
112 participants register for that professional development. So you definitely see an interest in the field. And the participants were such a collection of people, current teachers, brand new teachers. It was fantastic because we had great interaction between audience and our wonderful panel. So we have had professional development on cultural responsive classroom, uh, English language learner, as Dr. Pfister just said, social emotional learning, um, parent communication, you know, how to navigate that. There's been some phenomenal topics and way more to come. And I think there's another one coming up in on maybe two weeks about um, science of learning, a uh, science of reading, excuse me, science of reading. So that one's going to be, I think, very popular also. We have a brand new residency program. Actually, we do. And it's exciting. Yeah. So at the graduate level, this is something that's brand new that's going to be launching in the fall. Um, and they're just starting to get the marketing going around it. But it's going to be for graduate students um, who have a bachelor's degree in something else, not education, um, but that are interested in being uh, teachers at the birth to grade six level. And they're going to be able to work in local districts. Um, and I believe they're going to be paid 22000 a year for doing that, which is not a lot of money, but it's a great way to get started and get your foot in the door. And so you're going to be what uh, people in this program, students in the program are going to be teaching in local districts and then doing their their graduate credits um, on top of that. It's going to be a two year program. Um, but uh, I mean, it's going to be a fantastic opportunity not only to, you know, kind of get your foot in the door, but you're actually going to be working in those districts. So those people, I would think, are going to be uh, in demand by those districts when there are job opportunities. You know, I was thinking about ways that I get ideas or, or things that other faculty members might want to do um, just to kind of enhance, you know, your own teaching. One of the things that I think is great is go sit in on somebody else's class. I've been to Dr. Fragnoli's class a couple of times or seen her present different things, um, and, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and Sophia, I was fortunate enough to be in one of your classes last spring. Very for fortunate she birth. was, yeah. <laughs> it was an invite. It was, it was very, it was a really big so, thing. So I was there for a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's so cool to watch somebody else teach and just get ideas from what they're doing. Even if it's not your content area, that doesn't matter. You can still pick up ideas in terms of forming relationships with students, in terms of, you know, how do you bring yourself into a classroom, um, you know, and, and how do you, how do you know, how do you do that? So, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that, that you know a lot about, but it just, it's just getting a different perspective on how to work with students. And I just think that's really neat. We were fortunate enough, Dr. Pister and myself, to team teach. Yeah, we did. And I don't think anyone dropped it. Oh, well, it was after the drop deadline. That's why they didn't know. <laughs> it was. I mean, it goes along with, I think I learned as much as the students in the class. Well, I hope they learned something. But I walked away with a, a slew of strategies and a whole nother level of that affective domain in the classroom. I mean, Dr. Fist, anyone that has sat in Dr. Fister's class knows that there is a personal component which ties every student back into it. And, and it makes it entertaining and you're connected to it. I mean, if you think about 
you know, you can learn from a textbook or you can read a historical novel or you can watch a movie. It's the latter, too, because it's the emotional connection. It's the narrative that students glob onto. And you get into that classroom and you see Jenny the dog, you know the per, you know everything. She doesn't come to class, but her picture no, does. But yeah, mostly because yeah. she doesn't like to get in the car. And but- humor, humor. It was such a huge piece. And I've had the same thing in in your class, Dr. Fragnoli. Yeah. And Sophia and I were fortunate enough to be able to co-teach a class this fall. That was very interesting. In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> I, I pause there for just dramatic effect. <laughs> no, I love doing that, too, because I got the same kinds of things from you. You had a different perspective on things um, and, and, and brought yourself in in slightly different ways. And, I, you know, there were times that I was sitting in the back. I know I told you there was one time that I forgot that I was actually supposed to be co-teaching the class because I was busy getting ideas uh, and <laughs> thinking about different things. Yeah, and it was uh, I was going to point that out, actually, because I think that for our team teaching, that was such a great way, because, again, I think there might be like I feel like my like as an adjunct, I also think because I adjuncted while I was teaching and I've adjuncted this like last semester for this for the fall semester. But I think it was so important to not lose because every professor or adjunct has had to be in a in a classroom in some format for like the most part whether they're currently in it or not and to like not lose that right so you guys do such a great job at not losing that like funny bit because I think that sometimes when you're teaching at the college level you might think that it needs to be like very serious content we're just giving the like content but like be true to yourself and be true to you because it's so true like the way like I learned so much from Christina and just like how to talk to like students and be interested and to like inter interject and you know and like certain things because they are just they are also huge they they're just students they are also like kind of on that same like level so you're just wanting to get to know who they are typical to anybody who is teaching anyone something you do want to know them on a personal level because that's the way that like that's the way that they'll actually be more willing to take in what you're what you're teaching them so anybody could just teach the like content, but if you're making it personal to them, or even if you're just asking them how their weekend was or checking in because they, they like said that they were sick, then they're more, I feel like they're more apt to then receive what you're teaching them. So stay like, so yeah, so like staying, staying true to that for your, for yourself. And, you know, and I found, I, I think, you know, if you can go and observe a class, that's great. If you have an opportunity to co-teach a class with a colleague, that's even better because, you know, again, I've co-taught with both of you and just, you know, you have to have conversations about, okay, how are we going to approach this topic? And I just, I learned so much from both of you in terms of just different ways than I might do something. And and I know I've brought those ways into my, back into my own solo classroom. So it, it's, it's neat. I also think one additional way, and I, you know, between teacher ed and special ed, mm-hmm. We're a very um, collegial, close group, and we have a lot of very laid-back conversations on strategies and you know how best to approach a topic or a subject or content or a lacking skill. And it's those um, very relaxed conversations that probably really help all of us as educators continuously grow. 
I think it would be also fascinating to go and sit in on like one of the business classes or one of the other subjects to kind of see how, how their approach is because their content is essentially they're still teaching content but then like how do they approach it because it's very different so to go into a business class or like an art class and see because that's like maybe a different structure too just to see how they kind of take the approach or communications we're in the communications <laughs> or communications yeah. exactly no that w that's a really cool idea i would love to do that just to see how somebody else does things maybe the three of us should co-teach a class sometime and then just go and observe other classes was eons ago like I said I've been here 21 years but I was teaching a childhood methods course and after the maybe two years after that methods course a student from that class invited me into her Albany City School classroom here she was a teacher and like digging her heels in and getting her experience and I was so excited to be, you know, just invited as a guest. And and I was absolutely amazed. Oh, I'm going to like tear up. What a phenomenal job this person was doing instilling a love of learning. And I got back into my car afterwards and I started to cry. <laughs> well, how beautiful is that, that you were able to be a part, uh, like you were a part of that. And then you also saw like how what like, cause it wasn't even maybe the content that you taught, but it was no. the fact that you were like the way that you were nurturing and the way that you are and that carried into her classroom. And then she's making a difference for these 20 some odd students in the way. And like, that's emotional to be a part of that bit. Like you were a piece of that and you were able to see that piece. And that's a great reminder, right? That like, if you're able to see that, then like, wow. Like, cause I think that it goes by so fast and the days go by and the weeks and like months and semesters just fly, fly by and then it's just done. So you were able to like, that's so awesome that you were able to kind of figure to like, see that in, in action. It's really and powerful. To know how much kids need today, you know, sitting in classrooms and to see the teacher like hitting it right out of the ballpark. It was like a, just an awesome thing. Yeah. I was uh, something kind of actually similar. It's not even necessarily like the the memory isn't necessarily even like because of again, it's not like a content that I was teaching and the in the connection. But I remembered uh, probably now like two or three years ago, I got a call from the main office and they were like, oh, there's someone here to visit you. And I was like, someone's here to visit me. So I went out, I went down to the main office and I saw that it was one of my former students who was applying for the middle schools because in the city you need to apply for middle schools if you don't want to go to the one that's like designated in your area and her mom was also there and they were just like Tabitha like was applying for this middle school but then like we we passed by the school and she specifically said that she wanted to come in and she wanted to like see you and this was like four years after I wow. had had her as my student and so like that was one of those things where I was like oh wow, like just like my presence in like her life is still something that she thinks about and that she's carrying on and that she like wants to see. And like those little things where it's like I did, I made a difference in that way where I was a positive um, presence for that, for that student. And, you know, it did bring me back to like the reason that I'm teaching is to, you know, to make a difference and to make these students feel like they're an important part of my life too. And that I do care about how they do in their, in their future as what well. A great story. Yeah. And what's crazy, I think with Sophia, with your story is 
that student took the time to sort of show you what she thought and her feelings, but how many other students have you impacted that you don't know? Yeah. There's so many out there. I mean, 10 years of teaching, you've had a huge impact. You guys were talking, I was thinking about um, a student, I a couple years ago, I got an email from a student who I had uh, probably eight or 10 years ago or something like that. And uh, it, she was referring to some activity that we had done in class that I occasionally do in class, but I think I had just kind of whipped it up for that class and it had gone through it. And I kind of remember thinking that it didn't go so well in that class. Um, but she had written saying that it's something that had really impacted her and that she does it in her class. Hopefully it's a little smoother than the way I did it the first time. But, uh, but I just remember thinking, really? I thought that was really did not go well, but okay. Uh, but it was just, it was interesting. For me, there's not a September that goes by. I always contact my first principal and I meet him for coffee. And I'm always like, I'm doing this because of you. <laughs> I think that's why teaching is great because the people do come back and you see how they've grown and you're, and you were just a like little part of that, but it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure every person listening right now, hopefully there's a whole group of you, you know, you have the story running in the back of your mind of some connection or something that has happened to you in education that, you know, made, made a difference. This last part of the conversation is making me think about a lot of great memories. Um, you know, those super special times, you know, when you see something, when someone tells you and you just feel the, the effect that your teaching has had on someone. Yeah. I think about how when I read student comments sometimes, I s feel very seen by them, but it's clear to me that they feel seen by me. Mm -hmm. And that sort of give and take is really powerful. Like the way that I see some of my students sometimes, and I express that to them, and then they are finally able to see themselves in that way too. Um, it's, it's a lot of power. And it's a lot of responsibility. And I don't take that lightly. Mm -mm. And I'm thinking back to what Christy said, too, you know, because there are times when as a teacher you you really, really need encouragement and sometimes it's not always forthcoming. But um, to, to hold tight to these moments of connection, these moments of feeling seen and making others feel seen and realizing that more often than not, you don't see the full, full depth of the impact you've had as a teacher, but hold on to the fact that it's there. Yeah. Definitely is. What a great kickoff to season three. I'm really encouraged um, by our colleagues here to stay open to new ways of learning, to teach, um, and especially this idea of going and observing other teachers more often. Yeah. I want to come to your class. Oh, do you want to come to mine? I do. Let's do it. You want to do an exchange? Yeah. Maybe Dear Neighbor could help connect people who are looking for something similar. I would love this. The teacher exchange network classroom yeah. visit fun time <laughs> let's do it <laughs> okay great well i am on board totally uh before we go i would love to circle back to the top of the episode and hear from isaac one more time about how things are going in the build the teacher pipeline program
I think that the St. Rose um, College has a very good sense of community, especially in the childhood education program, because we all go through the same like certification processes and everything, and we can help each other out too. And uh, as you go along through the process, you'll meet a lot of people that will help you out. And a lot of adv academic advisors will recommend you to people who have done it more than once and they can help you too. I feel very supported. I think I have everything like that I need to get my degree for the upcoming semesters. Thank you as always listeners for joining us on Dear Neighbor. We look forward to your thoughts about this latest episode. Yes, and do not hesitate to reach out to all the wonderful programs and faculty who are involved in the St. Rose Build the Teacher Pipeline. Drop us a line if you want to be part of our teacher exchange. Have a comment about this episode or want to hear something in a future episode? Drop us a note through the contact form at strohs.edu backslash dear hyphen neighbor or send us an email or voice memo at dearneighbor at strohs.edu. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, dear underscore neighbor underscore podcast. Dear Neighbor is hosted by Liz Richards and Emily Pinkerton, who also produce and edit the show. Our theme music entitled Sad at the Party was composed by Michael Sanchez. Funding for Dear Neighbors provided by the Provost's Office at the College of St. Rose. Thanks so much to our participants from this episode. In order of appearance, Isaac Sievers, Dr. Christina Pfister, Dr. Christy Fragnoli, and Sophie Palchevic. Thank you, as always, to our neighbors in the library who graciously and enthusiastically host our gatherings. And finally, a big thanks and a big welcome to our new production assistant this semester, Ebony Holman. See you all around the neighborhood. Bye.